The following podcast is a next level production. Child of elder blood, child of wrath, the time of contempt is nigh. The world will die amidst frost and be reborn of the new sun. Reborn of elder blood, of the seed that has been sown. A seed that will not sprout but will burst into flame. Panelers, welcome back to the show. I'm Steve. Hi, panelers. I'm Lara. <laughs> this is going to be a spoilerful podcast of the fifth episode of The Witcher Season 2. Uh, Lara, why don't you give us our title and synopsis? Yeah, this is episode five, and it's called Turn Your Back. As a powerful mage joins the hunt for Siri, she cuts a deal with Vesemir over extraordinary his extraordinary discovery. Geralt explores the mystery of the monoliths. Interesting. Yeah, that, that it's about right, I guess. Mm-hmm. So what were your initial thoughts for this one? Well, any episode with Yaskir is going to get good points from me. <laughs> so it was great that I this one had Yaskir um, but this was actually a really good episode. I thought we got a lot of information on here. There was so much that happened. I don't even think I got all of it in my notes. So hopefully we, between the two of us, we, we cover it all. Jam-packed with uh, question, or answers to questions, but even more questions now. And I give it a 9 out of 10 Twisted Mermaids, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Twisted. That was a weird conversation between Yennefer and the prostitute. I, I still, even the second time around, I was like, what? But uh, I, yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad they didn't make us wait long to find out Yaskier's fate, because I think if they had drawn that out, it would have been harder. The, the you know the only criticism I have, it was a very talk-heavy episode. Talky-talk, um, yeah. Talky-talk is what I like to say. But yeah, and, and there was a couple of conversations that when we get into our discussion, maybe you understood better than I did because I was totally clueless on a, on a couple of the conversations that were going on. So, uh, but before we get into that, we need to introduce our new characters, our new faces this time. And our first one is Lydia. She is the mystery lady who enlists the imprisoned mage Rince to find Siri. And we also have Rince, the said imprisoned mage, who is sent to hunt down Ciri and ends up capturing and torturing Yaskir. Yeah, and I have some questions, so <laughs> we get into it. Um, so I think we should just get go right into our top five. My freedom in exchange for being the White Flame's bounty hunter. I have no interest in owing a favor to Nilfgaard's false god. How fortunate then for us both that I'm not working for Nilfgaard. Why don't you go ahead and start, Lara? Um, my number five point is uh, the Yaskir and Yennefer team up. We had a couple of different team ups uh, this episode, probably a few different team ups. And uh, in this one, we get a little step back in time with Yaskir um, to see actually, you know, what happened to him on the docks, we have to go back a little bit and find out uh, what happened when he was singing in the tavern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, it was really great to see them working together and get that, that little flashback of seeing Rince in the tavern there. And uh, that's kind of flows right into yours was short and sweet. Uh, uh, it flows right into mine, which is who is Lydia? Who is, who is she? But not only who is she, who is she representing? Cause at first I thought she was representing the, the witch in the woods, but now I'm not sure because of that end scene with, with her asking Jennifer to go find Siri and bring Siri. Yeah. You know, and we don't know where that dungeon was. Yeah. That rents, was in um so we i think there's a lot of questions about her because she says she's also not with Nilfgaard so she's an independent contractor <laughs> yeah for somebody mm-hmm. and you know we we like you said we realized that he's the one that captured Yaskir outside of 
uh, or there on the docks. And that obviously means that she has some sort of intelligence or information because she obviously has told Rince that Geralt has Siri and Yaskier was Geralt's traveling companion. So you need to go find Yaskier to find out where Geralt is. Is that does that seem like a correct? Yeah, it does seem like uh, somehow he got information, and I don't know if it's from Yaskier's songs because he does say that you know your material says otherwise. He thinks that Yaskier's covering something up about what he knows about Geralt. Um, yeah, and just the whole with the team up of Yaskier and Yennefer, I really loved a few things about it. Well, for one, Joey Bately's. Beatty's performance is just really great. We never get to see Yaskier in any other um, attitude except his sort of pompous, um, happy-go-lucky attitude. He's he's always considered a rake and a bit of a ladies' man, but in this, he's he's being tortured, and we actually get to see him show a little more depth to his character. Yeah, and then at the end, when he goes to try to find Yennefer, and he's he's either going to try to break her out or something, and when she disappears, uh, and we, you finally get your F-word episode. <laughs> I don't know if you had a count of it, but there was plenty of them, and we had the mmms back in I this know. episode. I know. I didn't have well. my drinks at the ready. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and also, Yennefer, we get to see her be um, you know, more resourceful. She doesn't have her magic, so she has to come up with a clever way of, of rescuing Yaskir without magic. I thought that was just perfect. It was great because he picked right up on it and and tried to get her out, though, you know, pretending to be his wife or telling the guy that she's his wife. And I, I thought it was great. They really played off each other really well in that brief kind of interaction there. And I had this in my notes, but I'm going to say it. The first time watching it, I knew. I was totally waiting for her to spit in his face <laughs> when he lit his finger on fire because she's drinking that alcohol. I'm like, yeah, she's going to spit in his uh-huh. face. Well, <laughs> half a second, I thought, did she get her magic back? But I'm like, oh, no, she just spit that alcohol in, right in his face. Yeah, yeah. The only question that, that came to my mind with this is why did the guy use the tavern? Is it just for convenience, you think? Or obviously this is not his town, but... It just seemed rather convenient for Yennefer to be able to find them there at the tavern. That's true. But I guess we kind of saw that the tavern was um, emptied out. It's morning, so everyone's probably sleeping off a hangover or something. So, yeah. I mean, so it, it was pretty astute maybe. of the prostitute to tell um, Yennefer that he's probably at the last place you'd, you expected to find him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's the only thing I really had kind of... Not really criticism of it, but just kind of, you know, uh, convenient kind of questioning. Like, yeah, yeah. convenient <laughs> again. Uh, so, what's your next one? Uh, so, my next one is the other team up of Geralt and Istrid, and um, we nice. discover that um, Istrid has been helping Frangilla to escort elves into Sintra. He's looking over that map and he's saying, you know, Frangilla says we can't take boats into Sintra and he's find, trying to find a new path there. Um, then Geralt, uh, Geralt shows up and he thinks at first that it's a joke that he's been sent by Triss. <laughs> I have that quote in my notes for quotes when we get there. So yeah. I'm- He's like, what are you doing here? What, 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 these monsters are popping out of monoliths? Is this like some sort of joke? This is ridiculous. But um, they decide to pair up to go check out the monolith. And um, we learn that the monolith just outside of Sintra is one of the oldest monoliths on the continent. Uh, I like how they, they pair to get, they pair up to uh, fight the Nilfgaard guards who try to, to take them in. Geralt, you think he's going to go ham on those guys, and all of a sudden you see a blast from behind him, and Istrid has sent some sort of energy bolt that way, and he's like, see, yeah, I am helpful. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really, really great. Yeah, I like that, and, and they have a bit of a talk about the monoliths, and I wasn't sure if we want to cover that, or if it's later on in your points. Yeah, I've got later on with the monolith, but if we want to go into it now, because this is my this was my second point as well. So why don't we stay with with Geralt and uh, and 
Istrid right now for a second, and then we'll talk about the monoliths later, because that's where my confusion about the whole thing of the conjunction and the gateways and all that was. So if we uh, if we want to... But I did love that, like you said, he knocked the, the soldier off the horse, and they're kind of going back and forth, but we finally get a confirmation that Geralt did think that Yennefer was dead. And I love... Again, it's another quote that I have, but I'm going to say it here because it's so short. I just loved when, uh, when he says, Yennefer of Vangerberg and he goes you know her and he goes and he's in uh Istrid says uh uh well, you know Yenna and uh, or Yenna he says Yenna and uh Geralt goes Yen so <laughs> like they both had their own pet names for him they realize that both of them are still in love with her and uh, so it's it's going to be an interesting uh love triangle going forward because I think that's what it seems to me anyway why at the end of the episode when Geralt says pack your things we're leaving. I think he's going to go to try to track down Yennefer and Istrid is probably going to try to track down Yennefer and they're going to both be either working together to track her down or separately. I guess we'll find out in the, in the next in the next episode. But yeah, uh, it was really, really cool to, to see that interaction between them and them to both realize that they love the same woman. Yeah, that was a good reveal, too, because he mentions how, um, you know, she burned down the forces at Sodden. And then went to Eratusa, and Geralt's like, after Sodden? Like, he, he couldn't believe that she was actually alive. And after all this time of him getting so close to the truth, it was really nice to have that reveal finally to him. Yeah, and it was cool. I didn't catch it until the second the second episode to, that we kind of now understand what happened with Yennefer because Rince says that when he's talking to Yaskier about fire, he says most mages don't use fire because they because it's going to burn them up. And so I'm wondering if if she isn't able to. Obviously, we hope she's not going to bring Siri. Or Geralt's not going to let her bring Ciri to the witch in the woods. But maybe this other mage has some way that she's going to be able to get her magic back. Because he's learned to manipulate fire and not lose his magic. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, uh, yeah, that was interesting because he, he says, you know, you get, you got, it'll consume you if you don't use it properly. Yeah, and so I'm hoping maybe he has a, a way of... Uh, and also, I guess they must have some way, and they, they did talk about that in a couple episodes ago, of, of they have ways of shielding mages where they can't use their power. And I'm assuming that's what was going on when he was in that cell, is they had some way to... to Dim, Dimeridium? Yeah. Every, t- every time the mages have their powers um, dampened or blocked off, it's because they're using some material called Dimeridium, which I think they had in the first season, too. Um I think Tesea was was affected by demeridium. It's a really hard word to say. <laughs> and those <laughs> that that jail cell had demeridium bars. Okay. okay, okay, that's that makes sense then. Um, so that was mine. What was your what's your next one? So I think I'm at my number three point, and that's just we get a little bit more of the history of the continent. Um, throughout all of the characters' discussions, we learn from um, Vesemir that the mages we- were the first to weaponize the monsters to use them against, the, um, I am assuming, the other forces that were on the continent at the time. And then when those were out of control, they created the witchers by weaponizing humans with their magic. And um, the witchers, at one point, basically saved humanity from the monsters. And so now um, Geralt and Isrid were talking together about the continent and the conjunction, and they believed at first that there were these spheres, I guess, out in space, and they collided. And when they collided, the monoliths were supposed to be the scars of those of that collision. But what Isrid pro- proposes to Geralt is actually instead of um, that being the the place where the conjunction hit, what if it is actually the catalyst point from where the power is coming from? Yeah, this is where I was kind of confused. And I'll, I'll move my point to here because this is where, where I was kind of confused about this whole thing, again, with the conjunction. And it seemed like from what, what Vesemir was saying and what Geralt and Istrid were saying is that, okay, so it was elves, dwarves, and humans – and then all of a sudden, these monsters started appearing. And what this conjunction 
whatever, these spheres, these other universes, like you said, collided. But I think what Istrid actually says, he thinks they collided and then uh, like bounced off each other, basically. And now they're thinking that the monoliths were what drew the spheres to yeah. the... Con- I, Somehow he says that it's it was very- the cattle. It wasn't the result. It was the thing that created it. Yeah, and that the monsters are just they're not they're they're not new monsters, they're just new to here. Mm-hmm. They're coming from somewhere and the monoliths are now the gateways that they're crossing through from these other spheres to get into here. But yeah, I I did I I loved it was he said Vesemir said uh 300 years ago was when the witchers were created. Ah. So now we know we have kind of a timeline or a time frame at least that whether Vesemir was one of the first or or not, I'm not sure about that, but he's definitely been around for a long time, and now they possibly have a way to start making witchers again. And so, so yeah, that whole thing was was really confusing, and I'm hoping there's a way to flesh it out, or maybe if I'm if I ever go back and watch it again, I can pick up more of of what's going on, or or find something you find something about the conjunction out there that I'm not understanding that can give me a better. So I may try to research that this week about this conjunction and see if there's anything on the wiki or anything out there kind of explaining what it was. But I also thought it was interesting that Geralt still thinks of the mages as being human, but he doesn't think of himself and the other witchers as being human. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting point. He says, he says that about the mages that even though they live long, they're still human. Uh, that have just have a really long lifespan, but witchers are actually changed and they're not human anymore. So I thought that was interesting. That is a bit strange because we know that the mages aren't like real humans. I mean, they have something within them that can um, call up the chaos, you know, and they're, they're taught to control it. And they even mention, I don't know if it was, I think it was in last episode where she mentioned that um, if Pavetta had the power to control chaos, but it was never refined, then maybe that's why, you know, she kind of exploded like that with her powers. But, um, you know, we know that they're not fully human either. So that's really, and they do go through a bit of a change in order to um, receive their magic. Right, and we know that Yennefer went through a major change. Mm-hmm. So that's it's it's all just interesting to hear kind of the way they interact with each other. But I, I did find that really really interesting. Um, all right, so that's all I had for for mine for that my next one with that. What's your number two? The number two is how long can Yennefer hold off the temptation of the deathless mother? Um, we see in the town there's a the. Um, People are trying to take this poor elfin girl, I think she's probably half-elf, and put her on one of the carts with um, that are take, wagons that are taking away the elves to probably one of these encampments, and her mother's screaming, and Yennefer's trying to help her, trying to summon up her magic, and the deathless mother is talking to her in her head, basically saying, all you need to do is let me know what you want. <laughs> what do you want for your magic? <laughs> you know, she's yeah. Basically- yeah, and the prostitute is like, what's wrong with your hand? What are you doing? <laughs> With your hand. <laughs> Tinnitus, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's another one of those things that there at the end when I, I don't know if she fully gave in or she just wanted to escape from the soldiers or be, from being executed, you know, because she gives in there at the end and she's there with, like you said, the, the deathless mother, the witch in the woods. And, um, you know, she's presenting her with this. She's like, I don't want to owe anybody anything. I don't want to make any deals. I just, if you're going to get, basically, she's just saying, if you're going to give me my power back, just give me my power back. And so the, the, the witch, the, the deathless mother says, well, no, it's, it, there's got to be a trade off. And that's when she shows her Siri and says, if you bring this one to me, then you can get your powers back. And it'll be basically not a, not a debt, but it'll be a trade mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to find out because obviously I'm assuming Yennefer does not realize, because did she meet Siri? No. They've the never end? seen each other, okay, but Siri knows she, of her. They've never seen each other. Because right. the last Siri thing she says Yennefer. to Geralt is, who's Yennefer? Right, right. Okay, okay. So yeah, so Siri knows of Yennefer, but Yennefer doesn't know of Siri. Which, that leads kind of into my ne- my next one, which is Siri's, we have some more information about Siri's kind of elder blood. And I think I've got this worked out in my head. That the elders were elves. 
but not all elves are elders. You think like, they're like, like high elves or something like that? Like yeah, the higher like some sort of high elf. Of elf. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I'm assuming because the way the way everything kind of shaped out with this is you know Triss says they don't know enough about the blood, um, and this is how I had it in my notes. I had, uh, Triss says that they don't know enough about about it. Yes, Amir, this is about uh, concerning Ciri's elder blood. Triss says they don't know enough about it. Yes, Amir sees it as a way to make more witchers. Ciri sees it as a way for her to take control of her own fate. And that's what she's wanting to do when she's wanting to become a witcher. She's this is something I can control in my life. But like in the end, Geralt stops the process. So now we have this whole interaction in Siri's head, and I'll talk more about that later. But during that whole thing, uh, she says something about my grandmother hated the elves, and Vesemir says, "Well, maybe th- we hate the thing that's in ourselves." So that's where I think that there's some that the elders are elves, some sort of like high, like you said, like high elf or something like that, and they have all basically been or they're thought to have been bred out that there's no, there's no more of them left. But you know, that's also where magic comes from though. Cause every time they're speaking magic, the subtitles say they're speaking elder. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were the, fir- well, Israel in the first season did tell Yennefer that the elves were the first to, to harness chaos for magic. So I don't know if he's talking about just the elves or the elders. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with it is is just just figuring out that okay, the elders that they keep talking about are some sort of elf and Siri has that blood in her. She's some mix of elf, which we kind of already knew be, or did we not? I guess we didn't really didn't really know it until last episode. Yeah. When the 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 things We were knew that she was different so, somehow. Right. And her power is wow. Yeah. <laughs> because when she said Geralt's name, they heard it all the way over yeah. in Central. It reverberated so. through the monolith. That's what it seemed like to me. She was like phoning it in through monolith. Uh, so we're at your number one, I think. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, all of this stuff about the, the conjunction and the... Um, and the elders and everything. I know that there are people out there who have probably read the books or played the games and they know all of this stuff already. They're probably yelling at us through, through their headphones, but I am actually trying not to look into some of the stuff too much. Cause I want to see how much the show tells me that I can figure out just by watching the show. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I was going to, I was going to bring up. I think it's in my notes later, but, but the fact that you, you mentioned that in, I guess in the books or in the games, there are multiple witcher schools mm-hmm. throughout the continent. But in this episode, Desimir seemed pretty to make it pretty clear that Kara Moran is the only witcher school was the only place. I thought he was were. kind of saying that, well, I don't know if it's the only witcher school or the only one that they, that can do the ceremony or you create the, the mutagens to create witchers. But it could be that in the TV version, it is the only school on the continent. That's the impression I got was that he was saying that if we don't make more witchers or not, that they're like, we haven't seen any of these other, these are the only witchers we've seen is in this group and they haven't really alluded to any other. So that's, Anyway, that's the way I took it when he – the way he was speaking was it sounded to me like those 12 or 15 guys that we have or 10, however many are there now, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. That's all of them that are left. True. You know, because he, he says our numbers keep getting lower every year and he wouldn't necessarily know that of unless there's some sort of communication between – but again, we haven't seen any indication of that. So like I said, I just – I they might reveal more of this later, but I think in this in this universe of The Witcher, I think – these are the only ones. That's 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 the theory I'm going to work with until we get more information. Yeah, and I could totally go in line with that as well. So yeah. my number one. Okay, my number one is the final team up, and that is of Siri and Trist journeying into Siri's mind. I had this as well as my number one, so oh, this sweet. will be a good discussion. Cool, we could just talk it out together then. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Triss, before Siri jumps into trying to become a witcher, first says, let's do this thing called the Daldusa, Daldusa, the Valley of the Soul. So basically, to me, it seemed like she was going to do exactly what um, Tisea did to Kahir, but to a voluntary subject rather than just plowing deep into her mind. Um, she's going to go into Siri's mind with her and basically try to dig up like the secrets behind who Siri is. So, um, first off, we get, we kind of get the surface level of her mind. She gets, she walks into a tavern, and the the Witcher brothers are there. We see Dara in there. We see I I had that. that we see <laughs> Dara there eating food. And I was like, is that him? I think that is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was current Dara. He he should have been much younger in her memory, but yeah, what can you do? <laughs> He's grown quite a bit. Um, she sees her her grandmother Calanthe. Um, talking about the the scarf that was sent to her by ah I forgot her grandfather's name I didn't write it down yeah, either Yeah I don't I don't have it either <laughs> There's too many characters um, she sees the friends that she used to play bones with knuckle bones with and then all of a sudden we look over and she sees her mother and that's when Tris starts to say something's wrong here it's not supposed to be like this yeah, because the mother looks up and the mother can definitely see her and knows that she's there. And it's like, yeah. And that's, like I said, I had that here in my notes for my number one was that's when we start to see the concern on Triss's face that she realizes there's something weird going on here. This is not a normal use of this spell. So it's, it's as they begin this, this deeper kind of journey, I was, it kind of surprised me on the second watch. I was like, why didn't she just pull her out right then? But I guess she wanted to investigate what was going on. And even the witchers, they come over and they say something like, come on, Siri, let's go. You know, they try and tell her to come out, but they keep diving deeper into her subconscious, which is um, symbolized by them. They almost go into the subterranean tunnel with the rats and everything, which I felt meant they're like diving deeper into her subconscious. Um, we hear a baby crying, and all of a sudden we walk into a room, and it's Pavetta and Dooney, basically on the day that they die. She, they're sitting there with yeah. her. Her dad says something about, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an, if the prophecy's not real or not, they'll, they'll kill her. So there's obviously a prophecy that is linked to Siri that might mean her doom. Yeah, and I was again. This is one of those things that, that was a little confusing to me, but I, I liked I, I liked what they gave us of it, and maybe they'll give us a little bit more on this because I thought it was interesting. They were talking about fleeing uh, the city; they were going to leave Sintra, and obviously, something w- that we haven't seen yet stops them. And the baby Siri ends up with Calanthe. Yeah, so we never find out how um, what happened with Siri, like if. Dooney and Pavetta left for the boat without Siri and died in that storm, or if somehow Siri was saved in the storm. We, d- we don't know that, but we do know that her mother and father died on a boat that, that perished in a storm from uh, season one. But then her mother looks up and sees her there. And that's when we get into the deepest part of her subconscious where she's in this completely strange dreamscape. And we see a woman sitting under a tree with a baby. And this goes back to uh, Nivellen's story of the elven warrior who married a human and had a child. A human mage. Mm-hmm. A, human mage. a human mage and an elven warrior. Um. Yeah, we don't get a name for her, but uh, she stands up. Um, well, she's, they realize she's dying. She's got blood coming out of her side. And uh, Triss goes over there to try and heal her. And all of a sudden, oh, go for it. This was a moment that kind of confused me a little bit. Because Trish is the one who's saying we shouldn't be interacting with the people in the dream. But yet she goes over to try to heal this elven warrior which i i thought was a little strange and and yeah like you said and then the elven warrior stands up and (laughs) grabs her by the neck possesses seems to possess siri and says child of elder blood child of wrath the time of contempt is is nigh the world will die amidst frost and be reborn of the new sun reborn of elder blood 
of the seed that has been sown, a seed that will not sprout, but will burst into flame. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I loved I loved getting that call back to Neville's story and seeing this. And so now we have this baby. I don't know if this baby, this baby is Siri. Do you think Siri could be the child? Maybe the child no, reborn? Because, because that, I mean, that story I, it was supposed to be an old story. Okay, so yeah, it could be, and and or Siri is just an, I don't know, it's it's so strange, but yeah, I love that whole scene, and then you know when they come out of it, Triss is just completely like she's frightened of Siri, and she's like, no, you you're gonna destroy the world basically, and there's and not even he can stop it, or yeah, not even Geralt can stop it, and that's when we get this Siri yelling for Geralt, and it just echoes, like you said, through the monoliths to all the way back to Istrid and Geralt, and I thought it was just a wonderful scene. We didn't get a big battle in this one, but we got a lot of information that I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, we did get some sort of uh, mineral-style <laughs> monster Yeah, that seemed to just climb right out of the monolith. Yeah, so there is, and so the monsters away. are coming out of the monolith. And I thought, you know, when she said, when they said these monsters were coming out of the monolith, I'm like, that's weird, because when we saw the monolith fall in the first season, I mean, it was just kind of like a maybe 12-foot-high rock or something like that. I mean, we saw it fall, and then we did see the ground start to crack, but you see it this in this episode, and I mean, it's this just huge, deep ridge. And we see Kahir's flashback to it, to where he actually saw all that happen. And that's when he he suddenly remembers that Siri is the one who did that. Yeah. So I can I can totally see the monsters coming out of it now. Because I'm like, what? They came out of that little 12-foot stone? I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, we see it's, it's much greater than when we saw it in the first um, season. Um, and... The, the, what, what I was wondering from that mo- monologue that the elf gives is it says, of the seed that has been sown, a seed that will not sprout, but will burst into flame. And a big theme of last season and this season is Yennefer's desire to have a child. Now, basically, we know she if she has a seed, it will not sprout because she can't have children. Also, Geralt can't have children, but it says it is the seed that will not sprout but burst into flame. Does that have anything to do with any kind of offspring at all? I don't know. And like that that vision that Yennefer had a couple few episodes ago where the baby burst into flame, you know. So there, there's a lot of that work in here that, uh, that we're going to get three episodes left. So they got a lot to wrap up here in in three episodes, but we know a season three is coming as well. So yeah, and that's probably why there was so much in this episode. I mean, I'm at my number one, and I still haven't even touched on Kahir, Frangilla, or Francesca, yeah. or any of that. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even gotten to that. I've gotten all of my points out, and I'm into my notes. So if we want to switch over to those, we can do that. Uh, and some of mine have been talked about. Um, uh, one of the ones that I thought was interesting was when Istrid comes back to the his his room there, and the head that was so funny when when Geralt just throws the, that creature's head on the floor, and and Istrid just watches it, and then he comes back, and it's still just there on the floor. I was like, "What? Why don't you clean it up or do something with it?" <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was going to sprout legs like the creatures in the thing and turn into some other kind of monster and attack Istrid. I- I was waiting for the eye to pop open or something, you know, and like it just didn't. Like, get away from that thing. (laughs) Don't just let it sit there. Um, But, you know, he pulls out that family tree of uh, the the Calanthe nobility, I'm assuming, and he sees, we see all the different places from Calanthe, and then he comes off and to the side, and I think it was Queen Fiona of something, or Queen Fiona of Sintra that had no branches coming off her, just by herself. Over there, and for some reason, he was fixated on that. Did you did you pick up on anything with that? Or? Yeah, I tried to stop and and look at that family tree, but since I don't know who Fiona is, it could possibly be the elf under the tree. Um, yeah, I just noticed the same thing as you. It, it it stopped and didn't have branches above it. Um. So, what else have we got here that we haven't talked about? Let's uh, let's talk about Kahir for a minute. Uh huh. 
<laughs> goes into goes in as a refugee is told to show his papers and get in line. <laughs> It was such a, it was such a, I am uh, the, the gladiator reference from I'm, I'm uh, whatever he says, I'm Maximus, the, the commander of the army of the North and yes. all that. I used to have that memorized years ago, but I don't have, but he, he looks at that guy and he says, I'm commander. And he rolls off his, like his whole name, which is like five or six words long. <laughs> and then from behind you hear Fringilla go, Kahir? Yeah. So. And man, they were staring daggers at each other. She's like, I'm glad you're alive. Not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> As she stands there with her new ally, Fran- uh, Francesca. Yes. Very, a very, very pregnant Francesca. I don't think the first time we saw her, she was that pregnant. So that has advanced yeah, very I- quickly. Again, I'm not sure how much, because when Yaskier is being tortured, you know, he says, I haven't seen Geralt in months. Mm-hmm. And I thought, for some reason, I thought more time had passed than that. But I guess it has only been months, so. Yeah, well, we know from, um, I think it's mentioned when Siri and Geralt go to Kaer Morin that she's been um, training for a month. So probably a month since they got there, which might have been just maybe a month and a week after Sodden. Well, and we know that Yennefer was missing for a month. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. So, so that's all included in there. So it's 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 probably just been since Askier last saw uh, Geralt. So, uh, but yeah, that was that was an inter- interesting I- interaction. And then, of course, we have Dara uh, coming up there as well and saying who he is and where he's from, and then just letting him in. And yeah, uh, so it's, it's and they're it's, like, "Welcome back to your land," you know. They're they're welcoming mm-hmm. welcoming him in, and he's like, "To Kahir, get the back of the line." Yeah. Showing that uh, yeah, maybe the elves like, are almost starting to take over the town. That's that's what I was gonna say. It almost seems like they're treating the elves better in to a certain extent than the humans that are coming into Centra, so which is interesting. Uh one thing I did uh, notice have- uh Istrid, as he was looking at the map, mentions the Broccolon Forest, which we saw in the first season with all the Amazon type warrior women. Okay, that's where that was from. I couldn't remember what that reference was to. So, so thank you. Yeah, that was where they stopped and where they wouldn't. They they had Siri, Siri and Dara stopped there, and they were going to let Siri stay, but he couldn't stay, and she wouldn't stay without without him. And then right after that, of course, he finds out that Kalinthi is her grandmother, and he separates from her anyway. But I, yeah, that was a good. And that's also where they gave her. Siri, that that water of life or whatever it was, and she has one of her first visions. Yeah, that's right. Man, I wish I'd gone back and watched the first season again. <laughs> um, let's see if there's anything else on mine. Uh, we're definitely going to see that that flying monster again. I'm sure it's got to come. It's got to come back at some point. Um, and of course, we already talked about Jennifer calling out and. Uh, Meeting the witch in the woods again, saying the hut, hut line, turn your back to me, uh, was really, really cool. Yeah, I like um, that. Any other notes there? What have we not talked about? Um, I think we've already talked about Rience giving us a little bit of fire magic education. You know, you can you can burn yourself out with that. So hopefully, like you said, Jennifer can learn from him or get somehow control, uh, be able to control the fire magic without letting it com- completely consume her. And is I'm guessing there's more to Witcher Mutagen than um, Elder Blood because we see Triss concocting it. And how does Triss know the recipe? That was another thing that until you until you, I saw this in your notes, it didn't even it didn't even dawn on me. But you know, he did. It almost seems like because remember in uh, Nightmare of the Wolf, they talked about that there were Witcher mages who were doing the mutagenic alchemy stuff that we talked about the last. So maybe she had some of that knowledge of the, the mutagenic alchemy that's used for on witchers to create them because she, she did definitely mix more things than just the thin wood, the, 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 the thin weed and then the blood together. And then he did something to it. Um, yes. Yes. did something to it as well. And then she, shook it up or whatever to make, she added some magical words and said, you know, she said that incantation over top of it that made it bubble up and turn almost black. It seemed. Yeah. So I was under the impression that they couldn't make the Witcher potions because all the mages who knew how to make it were gone. But at least in this universe, maybe it's just 
because they needed the Fenwid from Elder Blood, which was missing. And now that they've got it, then Trisk, um, with her vast knowledge of botany and everything, knows how to create it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be where it's coming from. Um, I mean, we didn't talk much about the deal that Vesemir makes with Ciri, but she basically says she'll give him her blood in exchange for her becoming the first witcher. So she's willing to be the guinea pig for that because she wants to make up for all the things that she feels she's, uh, all the harm she feels that she's caused from her powers. Yeah, and that was an interesting deal because it looked like, so it was Triss was the one that was draining the blood from her as well. It wasn't Vesemir that was. That I thought was it was Vesemir yeah. who did it. No, Triss. If I if I watched it correctly the second time, Triss was the one standing over her, uh, putting the the thing in her arm uh-huh. and, and drawing the blood out of her. So uh, again, it was kind of them working together to do it. But of course, at that point, Triss didn't know the deal that Yesemir had made with her, and so of course, even Triss objects to. To it, but I, I, I kind of got a little bit confused because, or not really confused, but it, it didn't make sense to me how much blood are they going to have to take from her? I mean, obviously, she's probably similar to humans in our world who we, we, blood is re, you know, we could lose blood and our body's going to make it back again, yeah. however, our body does it, you know, so they, they, they're not necessarily going to constantly drain all the blood out of her, you know, but it looked like they, 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 did just enough so they could do one Witcher, and then of course they didn't. And so we we left at the end of the episode with Yesemir with the needle. Um, I wonder what the shelf know, life of what, that stuff is. Exactly. That's that's the next question. <laughs> is he going to find another guinea pig? To, yeah. How how often are they going to have to bleed her to if they're going to make more Witchers? And you have to you realize, know? I think Geralt said in the first season, like three out of ten of the boys converted into witchers survive. So even if they try and make 10 witchers, they're only going to be able to have three make it through. Right, right. So they're going to have to constantly be be bleeding her out and stuff. So we'll see how that how that happens. But Oh my God, and um, that needle let's... too. The minute I saw that needle, I'd be like, okay, no, change my mind. <laughs> oh my God, it had like half a dozen that giant was... scary looking needles sticking out of it. It was, that was uh, <laughs> wicked looking. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, all right. Uh, any other notes that we haven't talked about? I think that's it. Uh, well, we've got some quotes here. Yeah, let me uh, start with one from Yeskir, of course, <laughs> as he's tied to the chair and Rians is um, threatening him by doing his cool snap with his Bic lighter fingers. <laughs> yes, Gear says, I am but a humble bard, or or if this is about your wife, or your mistress, or your niece, then I promise you that it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. It's so yes, <laughs> Uh And my first one is, is we were talking about Istrid when uh, he first meets Geralt, and he talks about the monolith being smashed, and Istrid says, tell Trish, uh, I don't understand the prank, but points for imagination and they say witchers are humanist bastards all respect mr mr rivia i'm trying to help elves find refuge here you have any idea how completely effing insane you sound <laughs> um one another one that i loved was the exchange between yaskir and yen and the two brutes who come after them uh yaskir says you don't get to play the damsel in distress that's my job <laughs> <laughs> and after Yen gets a swift knee to one of the guys, she's Yaskir says, oh, she's so scary. <laughs> and his last one, of course, to the, to the guys chasing him is, uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, many men have wanted to punch me in the face. Now is your chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, my other one is Tris uh, to Yesavir when she says, I liked you better when you were a cynic, when you were a cynical old codger. Perfect. Um, Geralt says to Istrid, I worry more and more about you mages. Perhaps humans sh- shouldn't live so long. <laughs> we talked about that. Uh, and then my last one is, I've already kind of did it, but uh, when when, they're for, when Geralt and Istrid are first talking about Yennefer, and Istrid says, you know Yenna? And Geralt says, Yen. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then Yennefer's like, I hate both of those names. <laughs> 
Uh, my last one was Geralt to Siri, and I thought it was so sincere when he said, You are already enough, Cirilla. You are extraordinary. Yes, yes. Very, very good. Uh, again, I, I didn't see any feedback uh, for us this week. Um, so we'll just continue uh, pushing that out to people that if you have something to say, you know, let us know. Email us. We'll we'll give you all of our information uh, here in a few minutes at the end of the podcast. But uh, for now, um, I, no real news. I didn't see any Witcher news uh, out there. Nothing big to report uh, for things going on in the Marvel Universe. But uh, uh, so I guess we'll go straight into our podcast. Oh, no, no, not the not the um, Super Bowl trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yes. I guess we can talk a little bit about that. I watched it. I've watched it a couple of times. And uh, there's a there is a clip that seems to show the zombie Doctor Strange Ooh. in live action mode. It's a really quick like when I saw the, the first the second or third time I watched it, there was an ad before the actual trailer started. And at the end of that ad was where they had this quick clip that looked like the Doctor Strange zombie. And then it went into the the trailer, the three, the two minute or three minute trailer, whatever, whatever it was, which I thought was interesting. But uh, uh, what did you think of it? Are you excited? Yeah, I think I'm actually more excited now than I was before. I, you know, I was kind of interested in it. And my daughter and I really love Wanda Maximoff because we really got into um, WandaVision and she really liked her. So yeah, I think we, we are in for Wanda and I like Doctor Strange too. I think uh, I liked it when we got to see, you know, Dark Strange at the end. So they're pulling in yes. um, characters from Disney's What If? So I, I yeah, believe, that was, that maybe. Was great. <laughs> that's what it seems that's like. What it, I mean, that's that's what it looked like. Yeah, and Kevin Feige has said that What If is is just as canon as the live action stuff. So we're, uh, we're going to get a kick out of seeing that. I've heard rumor... I mean, I, I have not watched anything that like breaks down the trailer yet. I probably should do that this week. Uh, watch some YouTubers about breaking down the actual trailer. That supposedly there's a shot of Sharon Carter oh, in it okay. somewhere. I didn't. I didn't catch it, but uh, maybe there is something that I just. That's a real quick. Uh, and I did love seeing that that dark strange or strange supreme as he was called. In in what if? So it's. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. It's going to be interesting to see. We got to wait till May. But uh, at least we got a date, and it's coming. We I actually to come did back. watch a breakdown by a new rock stars because occasionally I gotta watch stuff while I'm washing dishes, and there was something big in there that I'm not gonna mention because if people heard it, they heard it, and they know what it is. But uh, I'll let you just discover that little gem by yourself. Okay, or after we finish recording, I'll have to tell me. Yes, yeah. I want to know. <laughs> okay, I will. Uh, so yeah, so we're all excited. Uh, Moon Knight is coming out next month. Oh, yeah. uh, the end of March, we will have Moon Knight. Oscar That's going to be exciting. Yes, the plan right now is uh, for Mark and I. We'll be back to cover cover that one. Um, that'll be a so a few weeks after we we wrap up this one. So we may bring you on for a couple episodes to see if we can have three of us see how that works out. Maybe I'll talk to, have to talk to Mark about that. But uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So podcast recommendations. I. The only one I've really got this week that I, I was listening to was I pick, I picked back up on my Parks and Recollections uh, podcast, which is with Rob Lowe and one of the writers of Parks and Recreation, where they're doing a, a rewatch of Parks and Recreation. And uh, I just listened to the next the next one that I was on my list, and it was really really great. And I just Rob Lowe is such a great, just a big personality, and just his way of speaking is just lifts you up. I like him. He's like a, he's just a nice dude, I think. After his tumultuous, you know, teen brat pack <laughs> years. Yes. <laughs> and uh, my recommendation this week is, I, I, I'm i a little behind, but I actually started listening to Paik and Rima on Strange Indeed covering the Netflix series You, which is just bananas. If you've ever seen that show, they're on their third season now. And it's it's just getting even more bananas than before. From what I've heard, I, I've caught I've caught clips of it. From what I've heard, uh, it sounds like that show has gone <laughs> to the point where you love to watch it. It's just <laughs> exciting. <laughs> you just like you like to see all the miserable characters on it. <laughs> just you, yeah, you relish yeah. in watching them be just horrible, horrible people. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, we have come to that point where we will talk about our feedback. We can be heard, obviously, if you're listening to us on your podcast player of choice, whether that's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or whichever one you use. If there's an opportunity to give us a review, we would love to have a review that we can read, and we would give you a shout out on this podcast. Yeah, check out our new website at www.panels2pixelspodcast.com. All of that spelled out as one word. We are on Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash panels to pixels. We're on Twitter at at panels to pixels, number two, panels to pixels. We have an email address, which is panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out right in the middle, and the number one at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube if you search Panels to Pixels Podcast. Please give us a thumbs up. We are on Instagram at Panels to Pixels Podcast, all spelled out one big, long, gigantic word. I don't know why I made the Instagram handle like that. I should have done something shorter. But it's it's, it's Panels to Pixels Podcast, all spelled out on Instagram. Check out all the other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network. We highly recommend them. Wilhelm, The Melting Pat podcast to zero and so much more go to next level radio online.com to check them all out there and next week we will continue with the witcher season two episode six which is entitled dear friend dear friend dear friend uh <laughs> well where else can listeners hear us or for you, Laura, what's your podcast pro- proposal of the week? Okay, my pod- pa- podcast proposal of the week is going to be called The Tea Cast. And you, th- you think to yourself, spill the tea? A celebrity gossip show? Right on. Oh, no, no. Each week, I will sit in a comfy wingback chair by a fire, possibly with a big fat Persian cat on my lap, sipping and reviewing teas from around the world like oolong, roebius, or maybe traditional Earl Grey. And we'll see during the podcast if that can convert a lifelong coffee drinker to a tea drinker. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, Daphne and I continue our discussions about season three of Snowpiercer right here on Panels to Pixels. Well, this has been a great discussion, Laura. Thank you once again for being on Thanks for having me, Steve. Good discussion. You're very welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Laura. And this has been Panels to Pixels, and we will see you on the next panel. Good night. Good night.